0: Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Nick Iricchio. And we are the Movie Nights. Well, some of them. You're watching this because you want to hear our uncensored... Unfiltered. Thoughts and opinions on the world of movies and entertainment, so kick back. Relax. And thank you for being part of the conversation. How's it going, buddy? Good, my friend. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thank you, thank you. So, before we dive into this, Mm -hmm. this episode... Is, by the way, we're only doing a couple more of these uh, virtual ones for any new people joining us. And then we'll be back in the studio behind me. But before we dive in fully, this episode
1: is airing
0: on your birthday.
1: Yes, it is.
0: So, I'm going to show you what I got you for your oh, birthday. Oh,
1: live on camera?
0: And I I have not warned him about
1: this. He is not. I'm um, very scared, actually. A couple
0: things. It's incredibly lame, first of all. <laughs> Great. And and secondly, I plan on doing more stuff for you. This is just all that could get here on time.
1: <laughs> you don't have to do anything for me.
0: So, Nicholas,
1: it's so dumb. Is that a fucking green goblin bomb grenade? Yes. It lights up. Yes it
0: does. All you got to do is shake it. <laughs> Where did you find that? Amazon. <laughs> Listen, That's it's amazing. big. Like, it fits in my whole hand. But oh, like, my God. It's such a childish plastic. Like, do not drop this. <laughs> I Like, it
1: will break. Like, I have a feeling. <laughs> like, That'd it is right very there. cheaply made. But on the shelf oh, yeah. in the background, it looks incredible. <laughs> yes. Like that is amazing. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no problem. No problem I at know all. exactly where I'm going to put it. <laughs> Happy birthday. We love you.
1: And thank uh, you.
0: With that down, we're gonna move on to the movie news section of our show where we kind of dive into the trades and break down what's going on in the world of movies and entertainment. So Nicholas, what do you got for us first?
1: Our first story comes to us from variety. Cheese the screen here. Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight is set to write the screenplay for the untitled Star Wars movie that Shereem obaid Chinoy, who uh, directed Ms. Marvel, is attached to direct. As original screenwriters Damon Lindelof and Justin Brick Gibson have departed the project.
0: Yeah, so uh, this came right off the heels in the news that Damon Lindelof had walked away from the project. And that was something that we reported on months ago, that um, Star Wars, Star Wars was developing a secret movie. That had its own writers' room that Damon Lindelof was running, and it was going to be directed by. I'm sorry, what was the director's name again?
1: Ah, uh, Charmin obeyed Chanoi. I'm probably butchering that.
0: Charmin Chanoi. So basically, Char Charmin. Charmin, excuse us, but yes, I believe she directed a couple episodes of Miss Marvel and a few other things. Um. Anyways. We were all like, oh, great. Damon Lindelof, Star Wars. They're taking it very seriously. This is great. And then Lucasfilm going to Lucasfilm. He walked away from the project. And uh, with some fun quotes along the way, basically saying something along the lines of, uh, if it's not going to be good, then don't do it. Which is hilarious. But um, on top of that, they had... Fair point. Yeah. They had a writer in their back pocket ready to go. And that was Stephen Knight, who um, famously uh, (laughs) made... The Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway movie, uh, Serenity, which uh, was, for all the wrong reasons, one of my favorite theatrical movie-going experiences. But, um, for you, and for many fans of the show, what is Stephen Knight mostly known for doing, Nicholas? Peaky fucking Blinders. Yes, he is the creator of Peaky Blinders, the head showrunner, lead writer... Mm -hmm so um having a mind like that coming on to do a star wars movie excites me however a couple things one how many months until we find out he's walked away or that there's going to be a new director And two is the movie even going to happen because who knows who knows because apparently this movie's priority one like this is the one that they want to come out by christmas of 2025 so they yeah. got to get rolling on this thing and um i'm excited I wonder how much of Lindelof stuff they're going to use. I wonder how much is going to be Steven Knight. And, um, I wonder if he's going to walk away. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, well, uh, Peaky blinders is one of my favorite shows, so I'm fully on board. When I first read it, I confused him with Steven D Knight, Ah, who handles daredevil. Mm -hmm. Either way. I was excited. (laughs) Um, but I believe he also worked on the Jason Momoa movie uh, or TV show C mm-hmm. on Apple TV. And I've heard that's actually pretty solid as well. Uh, but if you're taking it just a face value, Peaky Blinders, sign me up immediately. Um, I was looking up just some overall Star Wars information before the show. So just some quick points. There has not been a Star Wars movie since 2019. Mm hmm. A bunch of TV shows. <laughs> um upcoming in April, we have Star Wars Celebration happening, where a lot of this is expected to be confirmed, announced, whatever be it. But I also wanted to take a look at uh Star Wars past really Go quickly. Mm-hmm. Um so of movies that have happened and are no longer happening, <laughs> you have uh uh Patty Jenkins, Rogue's Kevin Fe- Kevin Feige
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: JD Dillard's.
0: Which project was that?
1: His was the one um he did. Hold on. He worked on Devotion, the Jonathan Majors Glenn Powell okay. movie. Uh he was set to be developing a just developing a Star Wars movie. Gotcha. That was it. That was all the news. It was Devotion Filmmaker developing Star Wars movie. And then the next time we heard anything was JD Diller no longer developing Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, and uh, Benioff and Weiss's proposed trilogy mm-hmm. is no longer happening. So they've no. lost four movies and Josh and Trank. Josh Trank Star Wars movies. Lord and Brian... Miller getting fired off a of solo was ryan johnson supposed to do another
0: trilogy too he was supposed to do his own trilogy that technically hasn't been canceled but like it it
1: has yeah that, that, like, that's done. Yeah, yeah no um but if we look at what's currently in development it gets even more interesting so there is uh now stephen knight's writing the movie from the director uh you have taika waititi's movie still happening and sean levy's star wars movie is still in development uh, most interesting though, obviously that one is probably going to come later because he has Deadpool Three on his plate, and he's also mm-hmm. uh working on a TV show called "All the Light We Cannot See," which he developed with Stephen Knight. <laughs> so I wonder if Sean Levy was in a uh some sort of meeting when they mm-hmm. lost Lindelof and them and was like, "Well, I know a guy.
0: That's entirely possible. It's entirely possible.
1: But all good news, hopefully this one happens because I think I'm more excited about a Stephen Knight Star Wars movie than a Damien Lindelof Star Wars movie.
0: Well, we can only hope to see if it still happens. But what do you guys think? Are you excited about Stephen Knight taking over writing duties in the next Star Wars movie? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. Nicholas, what do you got for us next?
1: Our next story comes to us from Deadline. Uh, Paramounts has set a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo As a potential Robert Downey Jr. star, guess what, Dalton? Guess who's writing the script? Who's writing the script? Stephen Knight.
0: (laughs) Amazing! He's having a hell of a week.
1: (laughs) It really is. I wonder what's going to come first.
0: Yeah, I'm Vertigo. I, I can I can tell you that. Well, it it depends on how far they move forward with it. But like, um, first of all, very exciting news which I'm gonna get to in a second but secondly dude as soon as he figured out Peaky Blinders on his last season he said yo I'm getting work let's go and he was like time to get some writing gigs
1: I'm getting paid
0: (laughs) yeah um but anyway remake of Vertigo is very interesting um a lot of people know I changed my ideology on remakes a few years ago um I now view remakes as all welcome welcome all the remakes all the reboots whatever um, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, it tarnishes the original, it does this. Not true. The original film does not disappear, it's still available for you to watch. And the reason why I like remakes so much is because, for two reasons one, if it's great, then we have two great movies on the same story. And two, it has been proven in multiple studies that every time a movie gets remade, rentals and streaming data of the original skyrocket which means because of this news more people are going to watch alfred hitchcock's vertigo than ever have previously and that's a great thing because that movie is excellent it's one of the best so that's great i believe robert downey jr is attached to star
1: uh yes i don't believe anything's confirmed but they're just trying to get him
0: yeah yeah hey that would be interesting he's had a nice little vacation since the mcu and i think he's uh he's ready to go Ready to see him up in Oppenheimer. I I welcome this. I think this is exciting, and I think Paramount's the GOAT, so I have faith. What do you think?
1: Uh, I see only positives. One, Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor. Mm -hmm. Two, Stephen Knight's a good writer. Mm -hmm. Three, Paramount is one of the best movie studios. Mm -hmm. Four, Alfred Hitchcock is the maestro. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no director currently, which I think would intrigue me the most about this project to see who they tried to go. And I feel like you have to just 180 it. Yeah, you, you like, can't
0: just hand this movie to an up and comer. It's got to be someone who is well known and wants to put their stamp on this story. So, yeah, like a Spielberg, I'm, not
1: Steven Spielberg directing it, but like what yeah. he did with West Side Story where it's like, yeah. E- yeah. I'm going to keep it the same, but I, I'm mm-hmm. going to have my my fun well, with this it. This is
0: my version of it, and I uh, think,
1: yeah. Fun fact, that film was the first to use a dolly zoom. Oh, yes. Found the that Hitchcock
0: out. Zoom, absolutely. Now, the, the, hence the name of the Vertigo Shot,
1: is what now, many people call that. You mentioned that you said a few years ago your philosophy changed on reboots and remakes. Was there any particular movie that made that shift or did you just kind of wake up one day and we're like eh, well, right, it, it, it. It,
0: it came from a debate so i because okay. a few years ago and it never even happened but a few years ago i got belligerently pissed because there was an announcement that uh memento was being remade and when i heard that memento was going to be remade i was like so upset about it because it's one of my favorite movies and i was like going on and on talking to friends posting online like i can't believe they're doing this like it's gonna ruin the movie And just through discourse of people, through talking to people, through going on the internet, my opinion changed. I got convinced that it was not going to be a problem. And um, that it was just kind of based off of that. Came from a passionate moment that turned into a a learning one. So there you go. And that movie never happened. No. (laughs) Never even (laughs) ended up happening. But yeah, I got mad about nothing. See, mad about nothing. But, uh, but, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on Vertigo getting a remake? Let us know in the comments below. Let's we'll move on to our next story. Nicholas, what do you got for us next?
1: Our next story comes to us from Deadline. There we go. Boom. Warner Brothers has won a fever, wins fevered weekend auction for TJ Newman novel Drowning, the rescue of Flight 1421. Deal reaches $1. 1.5 million against three million in one of the wildest book rights auctions the town has seen in some time
0: so nicholas we love a bidding war here and uh a while ago on the show months ago maybe even like almost a year ago we had talked about that this book an early publication of this book had leaked in the hollywood studios and that it sparked major interest in people wanting to buy the put the rights to this book and as the book got through and i believe it's been published i think it has been um Correct me if I'm wrong, internet. But now it's at the point where the studios are seeing this and they're like, holy shit, we want this book right now. And it started a massive bidding war amongst all the studios and it won for, what was the price you said, $1.5 million?
1: Yeah, it said $1.5 against 3000000 million. I'm not sure what that phrasing means. I don't know if you know how that works.
0: I'm not smart, me neither. But <laughs> we're in the millions, we're in the seven figures that this deal caused for a book not based on anything which is crazy. So I'm looking forward to this movie. I believe in that same article, it kind of talks about what the plot of this story is. And it's actually really, really interesting if you want to.
1: Yep, I have that for you. Um, In her second novel, Drowning, a plane crashes in the Pacific Ocean six minutes after takeoff and is flooded after an explosion during evacuation. A dozen survivors sink in a sealed part of the aircraft as it perches precariously on an undersea cliff 200 feet below the surface. Among them is an en- is an engineer and his 11-year-old daughter. Uh, the engineer's estranged wife, the girl's mother, is part of the elite rescue team that races to save them before their heir runs out. Glad. Yeah,
0: that sounds awesome as hell. And so naturally, it causes great bidding war, and I-, I can't wait for this movie. I'm going to be following it very closely, and we're going to be covering it on the news and anything that we hear about this. And um, how funny would it be if it goes through all this and it was a piece of shit? Not saying that it's going to be. I'm just saying it would be ironic and funny. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this?
1: I don't think it has the potential to be a piece of shit based on names (laughs) that have been circling it. Have you seen that part of the article? Oh, yeah. Let the people know. Oh, my God. All right. Among those circling as things heated up were Steven Spielberg, Alfonso Caron, Damien Chazelle, Nicole Kidman, the Russo Brothers, M. Night Shyamalan and producers including Jerry Bruckheimer, Peter Chernin, and 21 Laps. Uh, ultimately, the bidding came down to five offers. Apple with Jerry Bruckheimer, Paramount with Damien Chazelle, Warner Brothers, Legendary, and Universal Television with Warner Brothers taking the cake. Yeah,
0: crazy, crazy stuff. Can you can, imagine waking up th- as this author? Like, just like, <laughs> like, what hell of a time you got to be having with all this amazing
1: news? Where's M. Night Shyamalan at? (laughs) (laughs) Is is he Warner Brothers or is he Universal?
0: He's Universal. Good. (laughs) What do you guys think about this uh, incredible sounding book causing a bidding war and winning millions to be made into a movie? Let us know in the comments as we move on to our next story. But first, I'm going to let my dog out of this room because it keeps whining.
1: All right, our last major story uh, is kind of all over the place, so I'm just gonna generally introduce the topic. Um, mm-hmm. Victoria Alonso, over at Marvel Studios, has been fired.
0: Yes. So, uh, for anyone listening, going, I don't who's Victoria Alonso. What's going on? I'll kind of break it down for you the best I can. So, we all know who Kevin Feige is, the president, the lord and savior of Marvel Studios. And uh, he has two right-hand people who've always been with him since day one, since the beginning. And that's Luis Desposito and Victoria Alonso. She started off as a co-producer on the first Iron Man, eventually becoming an executive producer by the Avengers. And she was recently promoted a few years ago to head of all of production and post-production. Like She was in charge of making sure everything was delivered on time and everything was on schedule. And of course, as the MCU ramped up, her job got increasingly hard. But um, we basically, the first story came out is that she's no longer with Marvel, and no one knew what happened. I believe THR broke that. They're like, hey, we just found out that as of Friday, she no longer works for Marvel. And then, you know, rumors started to circulate, especially with what we've talked about on the show of VFX houses being very displeased working with Marvel, and since she's the head of making sure that thing gets run, we were like, oh, is accountability accountability happening with that? What's going on? And then we start hearing stories of her and how she could potentially have been blacklisting people who um, weren't doing things that she wanted to do and like preferring, like picking favorites over other vendors. But when you really think about it, what job doesn't do that? I mean, it's not great, but it's like, that's kind of standard business stuff. Like if if I like you, I'm going to go with you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we're all kind of like, what's going on here? Well, the whole story is a bit more complicated than that. And it turns out, She uh, breached her contract, at least according to Disney, that contract being you can't work for and promote rival studios. And what had happened is she produced a film that was nominated for an Oscar for Best International Feature called Argentina 1985. She was one of the lead producers on that film. So first of all, producing that film, breach of her contract, I believe either Deadline or Hollywood Reporter states that like she was sent several emails and given several notices throughout the making of that film like hey you're breaching your contract and you have not talked about what's going on here and she produced the whole movie promoted the movie and then went to the oscars not to support black panther but to support this movie well now you might be thinking that's kind of messed up she just wanted to make a movie sure but it's black and white in her contract that you can't work and promote for other studios now this is a kind of a shame because uh, she's been a trailblazer in representation for especially behind the scenes work um she is a i believe she is a latina woman she is a gay woman and she's been in a very high position at one of the highest studios for a long time and it's always been a very groundbreaking trailblazing thing and uh so this happening is unfortunate however this is indicative of one, Marvel being Disney and Marvel being very serious about their contracts. And two, does the VFX thing have something to do with this? Like, do you think it was two compounded things happening? Like, she was already in trouble with the um, breaching of the contract and the VFX problems just kind of was icing on the cake and they needed a scapegoat. That's kind of what it's looking like right now. But the on-paper reason she was fired was breach of contract. And her lawyers have already said that they're going to fight that back, with Disney also responding, saying, like, good luck. But that's what happened. It was a breach of contract. So basically, it got messy with the Victoria Alonso firing. She'd been at Marvel for 17 years and no longer works for them. Nicholas, your thoughts?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I mean, she's, I was looking at how long she's been with the company. She's been involved with Marvel Studios since Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And has been an executive producer on everything since Avengers One. Yeah, so this is like a huge shakeup for that company. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as everything that happens, I think that if the breach of contract is true, I think they are marrying that with goodwill about the VFX thing. I mm-hmm. don't think any one person is an island when it comes to the VFX thing. I think that that yeah. is a greater issue. Throughout all of Hollywood. And I doubt that if we look at Marvel Studios or even Disney in general, I doubt it can all just be drawn back to her. But to the general kind of news people, you know, having the scapegoat and then working on it behind the scenes, I think would service that. But having her breach her contract obviously is the issue. And if she was willingly breaching it, she had to have probably known this was coming. So maybe she also wanted out and this was a way to do it.
0: Yeah. true. Now I
1: believe that she believes heavily. I saw Argentina. It was a fantastic movie. I see why she wanted to be involved with it. It's an important story to tell, especially um, coming from, she is uh, Hispanic, correct, Latina?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Especially for, in terms of representation of that. So I could see, Wanting to work on something like that, especially if that's kind of where your ideologies lie, um. But a breach of contract is a breach of contract, and they said that she was doing it without permission. So I'm curious too, because if it was a matter of just getting approval, I don't think anything was conflicting there. I doubt, yeah. you know, yeah, you know what, what I mean. The, I was, what
0: was the hold up with that? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, um. If she was doing that willingly then it makes me think did she perhaps want out or you know something else has to be going on there because if it was simple as all you just had to do was ask permission why didn't she just do that
0: yeah yeah so look it's so far that's the story as it develops more we'll bring you the updates but it's a crazy situation nonetheless what do you guys think of victoria Alonzo being fired from marvel studios after 17 years Let us know in the comments as we move on to the B-roll section of our show. What's the B-roll? Well, it's kind of an extension of the movie news section, except we don't have time to dive into them as topics, but we still wanted to bring you the headlines to let you know what's going on. So, Nicholas, what's first up on the B-roll?
1: All right, let's get to the Smokehouse Pictures. Partner George Clooney and Grant Heslov have signed an overall film deal with Warner Brothers. Uh, This just comes off the heels of Warner Brothers just trying to uh, revitalize their uh, studio or... um... Talent first, you know, with the directors, creators, and everything like that. So uh, George Clooney has a home. They've done all the Oceans movies, Argo, the Tender Bar, Ticket to Paradise. So kind of a mixed bag of things, but overall positive. So it'll be cool to see.
0: Yeah, baby steps Um, from
1: WB. Yes. Um, Oscar winner Questlove has found his next movie, and that is a remake of Aristocats.
0: interesting yeah that's all i have to say about
1: that. <laughs> love deserves better yes i agree i mean he willingly signed on to it i'm sure it's going to be good he directed a wonderful documentary but mm-hmm. let's give him something interesting to play with not aristocrats. yes um, the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel has, uh, started rounding out its cast with new additions Kamal Nanjiani and Patton Oswalt, as well as comedians James Acaster and Emily Allen Lynn. Um, never a bad idea to add talent, and I love both Kamal Nanjiani and Patton Oswalt.
0: Yes. Awesome. Awesome.
1: And, uh, this last one is kind of a big one, but <laughs> we'll get to it, uh, Liv Tyler is set to return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe as uh, Betsy Ross, Betty Ross, Betty Ross, sorry, uh, in Captain America 4.
0: This this excites me beyond any capacity. I've always said I wanted to see Betty Ross again. Is this even a Captain America movie? It's basically The Incredible Hulk 2. I'm in, right? I'm so in. It's got the leader. It's got Thunderbolt Ross, who's probably going to be Red Hulk, and it's got Betty Ross. Bring in Mark Ruffalo. I'm waiting for the announcement that Mark Ruffalo is in this film, also
1: Red Hulk as president. Yeah, remember that report? Yes. Why would they make a Captain America movie all the Hulk? Do th- is she Hulk going to be in this then? You know, you're I feel like ask, there's you're so asking many...
0: you're asking the wrong question, Nicholas. The question is why not? Why not make the Captain America movie all the Hulk people? Why not?
1: Just bring back Ty Burrell
0: facts he (laughs) forgot he was in a good walk. yeah Uh, oh
1: that's gonna be interesting i yep
0: yeah so um before we move on to uh, the next section of our show i want to briefly touch we're not going to dive into it on the jonathan majors stuff going on um basically jonathan majors has been arrested for um a domestic violence case that story is far from over Um, there's a lot of stuff going on from different lawyers' perspectives and all these things and we don't want to report on it until it directly affects upcoming movies or the industry as a whole which is why we're not going to report on it at this time however, um, I just want to say whoever the victim is in this case, I hope they recover and I hope they're okay and um, if Jonathan Majors gets his name cleared, then we'll have nothing to worry about, so as it gets more finite is when we'll kind of be reporting on that moving forward. So that's what we're going to touch upon that for now. Um, but with that out of the way, let's move on to the box office. The box office section of our show. Uh, Nicholas, do you happen to have our predictions?
1: I do. <laughs> uh, Dalton, me. you had uh, John Wick, Shazam 2, Scream 6. Creed 3 and 65. I had John Wick 4, Scream 6, Shazam 2, Creed 3 and Inside.
0: Nicholas, I was I was so close. Oh yeah. I was I was off by $20,000. Ooh, go on. So coming in first place this week at the box office was John Wick Chapter 4 making 73.8 million dollars. Coming in second Dropping sixty nine percent, Shazam: Fury of the Gods making nine million dollars,
1: sixty nine percent second week. Yeah, yikes!
0: Wow. Uh, coming in third was Creed three, making eight point three six million dollars. Coming in fourth, Scream six making eight point three three. Damn it! Damn million dollars and coming in fifth was 65 making 3.2 million dollars uh let's dive into it just a little bit more um John Wick chapter 4 worldwide has already made 137 million dollars these are the final monday numbers by the way and uh, has already made 1.5 times its budget back so it's moving and grooving it's going to make all kinds of money uh, shazam Fury of the gods has made 101 million dollars worldwide on a budget of 125 that's a that's a flop and that's really sad to see creed 3 is at 246 worldwide it's definitely gonna cross 250 in its run good for them scream 6 is about to cross 140 worldwide great for them it was on a made on a budget of 35 killing it and uh 65 however has made 48 million dollars worldwide on a budget of 91 so also a flop unfortunately but uh, but yeah, that's the top five box office, and that's the really dive into it. Um, Ant Man of the Wasp is probably not going to hit 500 million. It's made 464, which is 2.3 times its budget, and uh, it failed. It might be mm-hmm. one of the first MCU movies to straight up fail.
1: John Wick gonna make money though, right? Oh yeah. At least at this point.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like gonna...
1: the, the disparity between the first and second is wild to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild. No. So now we're going to do our predictions for next week's box office. Nicholas, would you like to go first?
1: Sure thing. So I'm going to go uh, Dungeons and Dragons, number one. Bold. I'm going to go John Wick, number two. Okay. I'm going to go Shazam, number three. Okay. I'm going to go Creed 3, number four. And I'm going to go Scream 6, number five.
0: Hmm.
1: what are you feeling
0: I'm gonna flip the same exact thing as you Uh, did you have what were your 4 and 5
1: Creed 3 and then Scream 6
0: I'm gonna flip Scream and Creed 3
1: alright so you are going Dungeons and Dragons John Wick, Shazam 2 Scream and Creed
0: yes I'm gonna make the same exact mistake that I made last time (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, hopefully it'll work out I've, i have faith i have faith that scream will overcome creed this time uh we'll see we shall it's Good stay. to have dreams it, it really is <laughs> but uh but yes that is going to be the box office guys now we're going to move on to the movie review section of our show um boy oh boy did we see a killer fucking movie um yes we did john wick chapter four let's not waste any time Holy fuck, this movie's good. This is easily, Incredible. easily the number one movie of the year so far. It is March, but it's easily the number one so far. Um, I liken this movie to The Raid 2 in that uh, the first Raid is just this action movie that's art is told in its action sequences and with a plot that's pretty thin but enjoyable. Like, it's not, it's not a bad... The Raid's my mm-hmm. favorite action movie of all time, but the story was simple enough to where you could get to the action. The Raid 2 expands hugely on the world, creates this big epic scope and story within that world, and still brings you those action sequences. And John Wick 4 does that with the whole, the first three John Wick movies being The Raid. John Wick 4 is The Raid 2, and it does an exceptional job. The cinematography is beautiful, the set design is beautiful, the sound... Always great. No John Wick movie's ever been nominated for sound at the Oscars, and it upsets me greatly. Um, it's 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 such a spectacle, and it's so well done, so well made. I didn't even feel the three-hour runtime personally. I I wanted it to be longer. Like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, more more of this. Just please <laughs> give me more of this. It was such an epic, adrenaline-fueled, hyper-real movie and every action set piece from the one in japan to the one in paris unbelievable so good your thoughts nicholas uh
1: i i agree this is just genre maximalist filmmaking at its pinnacle and i could have watched it for eight hours yes so this there are three rules for every john wick movie Uh and it's it's one passerbys are oblivious to everything that's happening around them (laughs) two john wick never and i mean never will take fall damage ever and three which is my personal favorite it is always easier to throw your gun at the enemy instead of reloading yes Um, without fail I think what most impresses me about the John Wick franchise as a whole is that I rank them now 4, 3, 2, 1. Yeah, they each get better. And they're all fantastic, but I can't think of any other franchise that gets better with each passing movie. Fast and Furious.
0: (laughs) I think the closest one is Mission Impossible. But even then... Mm -hmm. (laughs) But hey... But even then, that's not a counting Mission Impossible 2, which I think one is better than two. But I think after that, each one gets better. Um, Yeah, no, that's that's a tough one. And like, listen, we got spinoffs coming that I'm stoked to see. We got the Continental coming out this year. We got Ballerina coming out next year. Bring the shit on, dude. I'm excited.
1: The John Wick universe is alive and well. Um, What were some of the highlights for you for this one?
0: without getting into, like, spoiler territory, mm-hmm. um, the entire third act, they they nail yeah. the third act of this movie. Like, it involves a bunch of stairs and a bunch of sunsets, and it is awesome. Awesome. Emotionally I mean, you know, and physically.
1: You know your movie's going to be good when the first shot is a match cut to Lawrence of Arabia.
0: Yes. And, um yeah uh that was a standout um donnie yen big standout (laughs) although he's uh he's close to being typecast as just the blind badass he needs to be careful (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's Um,
1: amazing at everything he does first of all yes yes (laughs) um
0: and i gotta say i really enjoyed hold on i'm gonna look up the person's name because they're a singer that's in this movie that did a fantastic job in the movie i have to look up their name i feel so dumb for not having it ready But um, this actress... Rina
1: Sawayama.
0: Yes. Incredible.
1: Akira in the movie.
0: Yes. Did an excellent job. Excellent job in the movie. Okay, and Scott (laughs) Atkins.
1: Scott Atkins showed up, stole the movie, and left.
0: Yes, he did. That's exactly what happened. They let Scott um, Adkins act. He never gets did. to act. No, and he was in a ridiculous fat suit, but that made it so much better. Okay. Made it okay. so much better.
1: They got two Bond villains in this, and I loved it. They did? They had this cunning, conniving uh, one uh, Marquis played by uh, is it Bill? Is it Bill Skarsgård? Yes, I believe that's the that's Bill. The one who is it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, you know, he's that sort of by the rich kind of, you know, and Scott Adkins as Killa is just (laughs) in this fat suit, gold member, just or gold finger, just having like the time of his life, just playing a ridiculous, like almost takes you out of the movie. Crazy character. Yes. But in the absolute best way possible.
0: And I, I also loved Mr. Nobody. I thought that was a great character. And I loved um, Clancy Brown.
1: As the harbinger.
0: Yeah. And, and I gotta say, I know I'm going on and not about positives of this movie. Yeah. I think Bill Skarsgård's been the best John McVillain we've had. Who was three? Three was the adjudicator, uh, the woman who would like come around and like right. John Wick. She's the one that mm-hmm. cut up Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Okay, listen, when your movie starts off with Lawrence Fishburne saying at the top of his lungs, you are in the presence of the motherfucking king, your movie just like you would have thought it peaked there. It doesn't. Yeah. That's how it starts. And it's it you can. It
1: goes on. Always rely on Lawrence Fishburne to have the greatest line delivery. Yes. Just in Definitely. general, not even in John Wick. Yeah, um yeah. I loved um was Mr. Nobody is that Tracker or is that someone different? Uh yeah, the one with the dog. Okay, yeah, Tracker. Uh that is uh, Shamir Anderson. And I know there are spinoffs coming. I know there's Ballerina uh with Anna Diarmis in the works, but I hope we get the tracker spinoff. Mm-hmm. Although I would not be surprised if they announced one with Akira, the the singer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, listen, it, it was an amazing movie. I'm gonna go see it again at some point. It's unbelievable when I you have
1: it. five hours.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I got some extra time, but uh, but yeah, um, overwhelming recommendation for me. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Just to watch an overhead tracking one shot that they do. There's a fight scene that is video game style. And it's honestly, it's the best part of the movie.
0: With dragon breath shotgun shells. Yeah. It's so
1: good. See it just for that.
0: Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And for all of
1: the hundred words Keanu Reeves says in three hours.
0: Yes. Yes. Amazing. Um. Yeah. So that's that's the review, basically. I, I assume yeah. it's a recommend for you as well.
1: I absolutely, I recommend.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, please go watch John Wick 4 at your earliest convenience, everybody. And um, with that being said, I think that's all we had for the show today. Yes, sir. Um, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.